So amazing. Good morning. We're going to go straight into the Word of God. But I'm going to just pray. Let us not just raise it just in this room, but I pray that God's Word and outside these walls. Here we go. Amongst yourselves for a moment, one moment here. person next to you just say hi to the person next to you here well, hello i love your hair i like the flip that you did with your hair it's fantastic it's yeah yeah you like that you like the flip i did with my hair it just it goes that way it goes, it goes one way uh, but if you're new here my name is john thank you so much for being here we believe in the worship of god we believe in the word of god that lead us to, to more of Jesus. It's not just things that we do, but we believe we are anticipating what God wants to do in His church through us and through us together. I, I really am excited. Uh, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Mark chapter 4. We love the Word of God here. We believe the Word of God always reveals our Savior, Jesus Christ, and Jesus can change your life. I, I, I honestly believe that fully because Jesus has changed my life. You might have walked in this morning because someone has tricked you. They told you that this is like a Bronco pregame party. And then they took you to church, right? And then they gave you bagels outside. They say, eat this real quick. But I'm telling you, in one moment, we are one decision away. I, always, I say this, one decision away from ruining our lives. We can. We, we, we think we're so steady, but we're also one decision away for absolutely transforming our lives, from seeing the world as God has seen it, from seeing the world that you should see with the joys that he has before us. So if you're new here, welcome here. We have a welcome center to welcome you. We have a gift in the back. Also, we have growth track. Please look through um, your uh, programs there. But I'm gonna, I want to continue today. With the theme of the parables, we're going to walk into the parables of Jesus. I'm going to read a lot of scripture today, and it's going to be good. It's for your good. See, it leads us to hear Jesus today. And I want to speak to the hearers. If you hear this word, I want you to really hear it, to, to what it means to live in the realities of the kingdom of God. That's what I'm, I want to teach you on, what it means to live in the realities of the kingdom of God. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to run right in. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this place, Lord God, for these people, Lord. These people are your church, Lord God. The building doesn't do anything. It's just a tool, Lord God, for us to meet together. It's the people in this room, Lord God, people in high school and middle school, people, Lord God, who are retired, people who are working, people who are stay-at-home parents, Lord God. I pray for the people in this room, that is your church, that you want to equip with the word of God, with the life of your Holy Spirit, Lord God, to be, Lord, uh, representatives of what it means to live out your kingdom, to live out your view, Lord God, of the world, and with the power and authority, Lord God, that comes only from you, Lord. So I pray today, Lord, let the word of God open up hearts 
and minds and let the seed of the word go deep within in jesus name we pray and everyone said amen amen so we're going into this uh into storyteller exploring the parables of jesus and I find this, this is so important because many of us, we're used to parables, right? We've heard like the prodigal son, the lost coin, the lost sheep last week. But we also know like parables like the boy who cried wolf. Everyone knows that? You can't keep on lying. It's a bad move, right? The tortoise and the hare, the slow and steady, the ugly duckling, right? But parables are short stories that have poetically point to the realities beyond themselves. And they challenge us to think They challenge us to think and live differently in light of new realities as we grow. So to go beyond the surface. So we must read ourselves into the story. Just uh, just stick with me. When I'm speaking today, I want you to read yourself into what Jesus is speaking about. Confronting who we are in the parable. And this is going to be a strong one. I'm going to give you just, I'm going to let you know, buckle your seatbelts. Buckle your seatbelts. But remember, this is not me. This is the words of Jesus coming at you. Because he wants us to confront our real reality and to see his reality for us. So buckle your seatbelts here. What are we hiding behind? What, are, what is God confronting in us? Hill City, I've heard it even this way. Don't just read the Bible. Let the Bible read you. Let the Bible read you. Let it examine your life, your hidden agendas, and then apply it to your story, your character. I mean it. The way you raise your family, your politics, your aspirations, your worldview. Does your life harmonize with God's way? Yeah, have you ever see, uh, seen two people sing on American Idol and they don't harmonize? It's not good. Does your voice and your life harmonize with the way Jesus lived his life, the way he taught us? Or does it go against it? I mean, these are real things. Don't ignore that. So today, for this parable, Jesus is teaching in first century Jerusalem, and crowds begin to surround Jesus. Actually, he's in Capernaum. And and crowds are beginning to surround Jesus as he taught about agriculture, right? Agriculture is not normal for us to always talk about. Some of you guys love agriculture, but in this society, agriculture was it, right? They knew all about it. So many of us heard this before, but can we listen to these parables in these next few weeks as we've listened for the first time? Don't come to the ending before I finish. No preconceived ideas, but just really let God do a deep work in you. And I'm going to read uh, Mark chapter 4, 1 to 13. All right, I'm going to read, all right? Again, he, Jesus, began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, around him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea. So he had to get into a boat because there's too many people, right? And the whole crowd was beside the sea and on the land, and he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, listen. Behold, when Jesus says things like that, like, pay attention, pay attention, because we think we're paying attention, but we're not paying attention. So I want to ask you, pay attention, please, just for just a couple more moments. I want these words to hit you. He says, a sower, he says, uh, so a farmer or a gardener sows along, sows out, right? And he has sowed, and some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil and immediately sprang up since it had no depths of soil. 
And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Verse 7, other seeds fell among the thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and yielded no grain. And other seed fell on good soil. Say good soil. Good soil, right? And it produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding 30, 60, 100 fold. And he said, he who has ears, let him hear. And, and we're like, what? Right? And when he was alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable because it was confusing. Verse 11, he says to them, to you has been given the secrets of the kingdom of God, but for those outside, everything is in parables so that they may indeed see, but not perceive, and they may indeed hear, but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand all parables? I'm like, daddy. Is confusing Jesus what are you trying to say and so I want to break this down for us I know you've heard this before but let me break it down like it's the first time you ever heard it because it's gonna hit hard because it hit me very hard so Jesus is teaching on this boat and because of the crowds and people are coming because of his words his authority his miracles right yet Jesus is speaking to this very issue what are you going to do with the words you've heard today and I want to ask you, what are we going to do with the words we hear today? Will it transfer into Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? In my mind's eye, I can imagine people amening Jesus. Oh, that's so good, Jesus. The parable of the sower, that was so good. I have no idea what he's talking about, but amen, right? <laughs> amen, that's good. I love the storyteller series, Jesus. Keep on going. Then they leave on their way and live life as usual. They heard Jesus but they did not hear him. Did you hear Jesus say in verse 10, those who have ears, let them hear. This is what he's talking about. So, so when they were alone, those around him with the 12 asked him about the parable. See, it's crazy. There was a crowd around them, but only a few came back to ask him what that parable was about. And the reason he spoke the parable was so that no one would understand. Think about that for a moment. Yeah, Jesus does some stuff like that. He spoke the parable so that no one would understand, and only a few would come back and ask him. Only a few, it says, came back. A few needed more, which was exactly Jesus' point to the parable. Many people hear, but only a few really want life change. Only a few really want transformation, a greater, deeper relationship with God. Most are good with religion. Most are good. They're satisfied with religion just like back in the day so how will you and I respond to the message of Jesus I'm asking that question over and over again today because that's the whole main point how do we respond to the message of Jesus and this is a big one which soil are you and no one can tell you which soil you are but which soil are you the soil the path soil that the birds came and devoured the rocky soil that sprang up yet without roots got scorched, the thorny soil, which is a seed that gets choked out, or the good soil that grows up and increases 30, 60, 100 fold. And it's very plain when I was going through this. It's very plain to see. So here is Jesus breaking it down from verse 14. The path soil, the path soil. He says this, the sower sows the word. 
The word meaning the word of God, the message that leads to full life with God now and forever. So the sower is God, and he's sowing. He's giving out the word of God. Verse 15, and these are the ones along the path where the word is sown, and when they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away that word that's sown in them. There are going to be men and women who hear Jesus, even in this room today. It will move their heart, and they'll feel and sense the Holy Spirit, yet instead of seeking more out, even though it resonates for whatever reason, they will walk away and reject the word. See, 1 Corinthians 1.18 says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to those who are being saved, it is the power of God. It will seem like foolishness, right? For some following Jesus, it's foolishness. For others... Jesus is good advice, but not good news. Oh, this is good advice. This is good. I can add some of this to my life, but not good news. It's attractive, but the seed doesn't go deep enough, and it cannot be transformative. Number two, rocky soil. I'm going to read verse 16 and 17. And these are the ones sown on the rocky ground, the one who, when they hear the word, immediately receives it with joy Verse 17, and when they have no root in themselves, but endures for a little while, then when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, on account of the word, immediately they fall away. So the first group hears the words, reject the word. The second group hears the word, receives the word, but after a while, rejects it. Maybe in the past, some of us have sensed God deeply moments where the word of God when I was speaking or when you heard or when you're reading the word of God it started to come alive have you ever felt that it felt like I was speaking directly at you at least that's how I've felt in moments where I'm listening and I'm tearing up I'm, I'm hoping no one else sees me because God is speaking right at me right and your spirit begins to fill with con conviction, which is good. We need conviction. And joy in conviction, which is good news, right? Because Jesus is good news. Yet, what God asks us begins to get difficult, right? He begins to intrude on our way of life, our freedoms and our rights. And let me tell you, the number one God for your soul is our freedoms, me. It's, we live in a culture of individualism. Isn't that true? What's in it for me? And this will be the first. It says that's rocky soil. It will intrude on that. What if God, what if the word of God asks us to do things that we don't feel like doing? Do it, and it intrudes on our rights and we can feel it. It gets a little rocky, right? Today in the United States, we don't really face persecution for our faith. We really don't. We have religious freedom. Other parts of the world, there are people who are killed and imprisoned for their faith. And you, you've heard that when our Ethiopian missionary has come here, he said his, his mom and I believe either his sister or brother, they were bombed in Ethiopia because of the communist regime that was there when they were kids. They were killed for their faith. We don't need to face that. Praise God. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. So we have religious freedom. So not many people walk away due to persecution for the word of God, but rather persecution by the word of God. By the word of God. People give up due to the cost of obedience. I'm going to say that again because I know we were like, oh, maybe. No, I'm, I'm telling you. 
people give up due to the cost of obedience. I don't like what Jesus has to say about that in my life. I don't like what Jesus has to say about sex and marriage. I don't like what Jesus has to say about suffering and serving. I don't like what Jesus has to say about my money, even though he talks about money more than heaven because he knows it has a grasp of our heart. And really, that's the many times what leads us away from him. I don't like when generosity hurts. I, I don't like when Jesus talks about my commitment and time. That's my commitment. That's my time, right? This is a big one. I don't like how Jesus talks about loving my neighbors as myself. And he also talks about immigrants are your neighbors. Refugees are your neighbors. Are we loving them as ourself? See, there's things that we can align with, but there's other things it's hard to align with. Isn't that true? Uh, let me put it this way. Jesus also said, if you refuse to forgive others, and I'm sorry, I'm going to just continue digging because I believe this is the word that God wants to speak to the church today. He says, if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you. That's a strong word. We like to skip over that one. We like the Lord's Prayer, and it's right after Lord's Prayer. We're like, skip, right? Skip that part. But if you don't forgive, your Father in heaven will not forgive you, Matthew 6, 14 and 15. Forgiveness for those who follow Jesus is not optional, but forgiveness is so hard. It's so hard. But if we don't forgive, we don't grasp the cost of our own forgiveness. Yet some of us today, your forgiveness is keeping you from going any deeper. Any deeper. And Jesus says, and he says it boldly, one day, if you continue down that road, you will reject me. That will be the issue. You'll say, I can't do that, Jesus. John, talk about something else. Talk about some God's love and God's grace and God's mercy. And I'm telling you, I am. If we would trust Jesus, he would set you free from the very things we're trying to hold on to. It's for your joy. It doesn't feel like it right now, but neither does medicine, right? Neither does working out, obviously, right? Those things, they don't feel good in the moment, but it's for your joy. So what do we do when Jesus doesn't fit the way we want to live our lives? When Jesus is Savior, but it's really, really hard to make him Lord of our life. Listen, the gospel is offensive. They didn't kill Jesus because he was likable. They killed him because he was revolutionary. He wanted to change everything. His message was offensive. And his message said, you can't. You can't. You can't get to God on your own. Your goodness can't save you. I know. You're like, I just need to be good people. No, you're not good people, right? Your sins will catch up to you. You can't do it, which upsets both the religious and the non-religious. He's equal. He upsets everyone, right, with his message. And so, where are we the rocky soil? I'm going to step in to number three, the thorny soil, and let me just remind us, this is going to be ouch. And I, and I feel like I need to say this boldly and not softly. And, and so I'm going to just let you know this is Jesus' words, not my words. It's Jesus' words, not my words. Thorny soil. Mark 4, 18 and 19. And this is me, and it hit me so hard. These are the things I deal with. Mark 4, 18 and 19. 
and others are the ones who sow among thorns. These are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. This is the scariest one because these people never reject the word. They walk as Christians. They sing to Jesus. They come to church. They pray. They're good people. Yet the cares of life, money, retirement, man's approval, security, pleasures, fitting in, worries over the years, slowly choke the life of God, proving their life, this giant word, unfruitful. Unfruitful. This week, I found myself wanting to be obedient to Jesus, but I also want everything else, right? We want all-inclusive vacations. We want all-inclusive life. God, I want that. I know that's hard, but I want everything else, right? I want everything else. And, and, and I found myself wanting and wanting more things, more security, more luxury, more money. And I find for me, the more money we have as a family, the more money I think I need. It's very funny. It's like, oh, I just need a little more, right? And the more I want, I don't know if that, you ever feel that, right? Anyone else like me? The more I have them, oh, just a little bit more, God, a little bit more. And, and listen, the teachings of Jesus is very clear. And he's told me, this is very clear, John. It's hard to follow Jesus and be rich. That's right. He speaks directly against so many of our aspirations. It's not impossible but it's very, very hard. And some of us were like, thank God I'm not rich, right? But if you live in the United States and you make more than 40000 a year, I think it's 43000 you're the top 1% of the world. 1%. 1%, right? If you drive a car, I believe 90% of the world doesn't even own a car. And you're like, I have four cars, right? Think about that. One percent. I find that I, I can be here. I say this because if we're not careful, we will shape our lives based on accumulation. We really will. We will shape our lives. And if you don't believe me, just look around, right? We have houses for our stuff we don't want, right? They're called storage units, and they're popping up everywhere because Americans, we love our stuff that we even have houses for the stuff we don't want, and they are air-conditioned, right? There's houses around the world not air-conditioned, but our storage is air-conditioned, right? But, but here's the question. Has your chase for life's pleasure, its cares, rendered our faith fruitless? That's the big word, unfruitfulness. Is your life fruitful? Not is it good, not is it happy. Is your life fruitful? See, is the seed of Jesus being choked out? The fire that you once had for Jesus, is it burning low? The relationship we once had with God, does it feel distant? I'm asking you. The passion that once consumed us, is it a shadow of our former self? And as a pastor, I'm not just asking you to be emotional and crazy. I'm just asking you, are we fruitful? Are we fruitful? I've seen people move away from God and community for more. More money, more things, just moving away. John, I think this is the best thing for me. And I always advise, please pray. Don't just make decisions because you want to make decisions. Seek godly counsel because the God of the American dream can choke out the seed of the gospel. 
Are we distracted chasing wealth, health, and the next big thing for this picture-perfect life? Because we have this view, if I look like this, then, right? Fill in the blanks, right? All our hopes are in this life that the anxiety in our chest, if we get this, would somehow go away. If we would finally chase this down, then all this anxiety, I know you feel it too. Oh, it would finally go away if I could do this, if I can make that, if I can have this relationship. We have this view of ourselves. And these accomplishments would lead us to a happy life. Yet our faith is being choked out. And soon, Jesus said, not me, I'm just reminding you, these are the words of Jesus. You're soon, that seed that God has placed in you will die. And we won't even know it. That's the scariest place to be. And I'm speaking to the strong Christians in this room. I'm speaking to myself. Jesus here is trying to set us free from our attachments and our anxieties. Attachments meaning all the things we think we need to be happy. Which at the end of the day just causes more anxiety in us. Because we think we need them, yet they drive us away from the things that we actually need, which is more of God's presence and his community that he's placed in front of us. You're like, all right, that's all this bad news, John. (laughs) What's the good soil, please? (laughs) What's the good soil? Number four, the good soil. Mark 4.20, but these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit. 30, 60, And here's three marks of good soil. Number one, you hear the word of God and you accept it. You're like, that's too simple. I'm telling you, you accept it. Accept it meaning you embrace it. You grab a hold of it like a pit bull, right? You will not let go. I said, I wrote in my notes, I shouldn't have said it, but you you accept it like a face tattoo, right? If you're going to get a face tattoo, you better be all in. Right? Because it ain't going away. I'm, I look at Mike Tyson sometimes. I'm like, man, he went all in. He just went for it. You got to embrace it, even though it's hard. You got to give Jesus first place, first allegiance, and look at your life through a different lens, a lens of hope, a different hope, a different purpose, a different king than everyone else. You represent a king. You don't just represent your family, which you do, but you represent a king. That's your first allegiance. Number two, you practice the word of God. You're like, ah, I heard this before. I know you heard it. That's what Jesus was talking about. Let let them who have ears, let let them really hear. Don't just hear it. It has to move past. You got to come back to Jesus. What does that mean? You got you to gotta get past just what you're hearing. You got to move. You practice the word over riches, over everything else, over your commitment to even yourself, right? We practice the word. We practice community. We practice serving generosity to love people when they least deserve it and expect it. That's not you just being good people. That's you practicing the love of Jesus, You worship not because you feel it, and I mean this in this place. You worship not because you feel it. You worship loudly because God deserves it. He deserves it. You repent daily because your sins dishonor God, and you want to be good with God, not because you feel secure. No, because you know who God is. 
And you know who you are and you can't even believe he saved you. And you can't get over the cross. You can't get over that he loves you. And so we return to God. We deal with our sins, our past, our issues. You choose to say yes to God when you don't feel like it. I mean it. You choose to say yes to God when you don't feel like it. Sometimes I ask my kids, do you want to do this? They say no. I, and then I say, too bad. Too bad. Because it's not always about what you feel. It's what we need. And the word of God is just plain of what we need when we don't even feel like it. We choose to do hard things by faith. And as you live in this new reality of Jesus, saying yes to Jesus, number three happens. It naturally just happens as you choose to accept it, embrace it like a face tattoo. And number two, you activate it and you just go after it and you practice it. And guess what happens? You bear fruit. Bearing fruit, and when, when I talk about fruit, don't chase fruit. Chase Jesus. This is not prescriptive, like do this, and, and then you'll gain fruit. No, it's descriptive. This is what happens when you chase after Jesus. Galatians 5, 22, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, when you, when you do the first two, is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. I'm telling you. Love for the stranger, joy in trials, peace in chaos, patience in suffering, self-controlled in your anger and your words. This will naturally happen. You don't, you're not saying, oh, I need to practice self-control. No, go after Jesus and this fruit will begin to arise. I need to practice joy. I used to say to my pastor, Pastor Bo, when I worked at Thrive, why did you hire me? I don't even like people. <laughs> right? I'm not very compassionate, and now I'm like crying when people are telling me their stories. You know why? As you chase after Jesus, you don't say, I need to work on compassion. No, you need to chase after the first allegiance in your life, and the fruit will follow. It's not prescriptive. It's descriptive of someone who is in love with Jesus. Fruit that resembles Jesus, and it will begin to increase as we say, all right? I'm going, to stay, I'm going to stay on this. It's going to be increased 30, 60, 100-fold. Jesus is asking us as we close today, is your walk with God ever increasing? The hunger for God, is your hunger for God swelling? Just one moment. Let's just bow our heads for a moment. Because this is the moment. I'm going to just stay quiet at right now. I want to just ask you this question, the same question Jesus asked, which soil are you? Which soil are you? I'm going to take a minute and not say a word. Just ask God, God, how do you want to speak to me and what are you describing in my life? Those who have ears, let them, let them hear.
what are we going to do with what we heard? Am I the second soil that one day I'll reject Jesus? Am I the third soil that the word of Jesus is being choked out of my life and I don't even notice it? Some of us, we need to fall on our knees and repent because we see how far from Jesus we've gotten. It says in the Bible in Hosea to break up the unplowed ground, the hardened heart, for it's time to seek the Lord until he comes and showers his righteousness on you. The word of God has been sown today. How deep it goes depends on how you want to hear it. If you're here today and you just need to get right with God, maybe you've never made a commitment to Jesus, and there's no magic prayers, it's taking one step of faith, just saying, Jesus, I need you. If that's you, just raise your hand. I just want to pray for you. Thank you. Just looking around. Thank you. Heavenly Father, I pray for every hand, Lord God. Every person, Lord God, that's in here, Lord, that says, I hear you, God. I'm just not hearing. I hear you today. Jesus, I need to return, Lord God, to my first love, Lord God. I need to return to you, God, to be first allegiance of my life. for the rest of us, Lord God. I pray that this word would be heard again all throughout the week, Lord God, that we would hear you. As we're in this place of repentance and we're passing out the elements of communion, just want to take a second. Um, a lot of you may know that the common text we use for communion is out of 1 Corinthians chapter 11. And in this chapter, we are able to talk about the blood of Jesus and the body of Jesus and about how important that is to us. But what you might not know is that this same text is uh, in the middle of an epistle that's all about these really fractious divides between the body of Christ, about a community that's broken up by its hatred for each other, how this community is being broken up because um, they're all comparing themselves to each other and fighting about which teacher they follow or who's the richest. And um, Paul reprimands them. And this part about communion comes in the midst of him telling them, your identity is not in the things you own or how rich you are or whether you're better than the person sitting next to you as you take this communion meal but it's about the body and blood of Jesus Christ and his sacrifice for us. And so Paul tells us to lay aside every competing allegiance or agenda or thought pattern besides that of Jesus, who was our example in showing self-sacrificial love. And the Lord's Supper doesn't just remind us of the past, of Jesus's sacrifice, but we're also remembering that we're taking this until the day he comes back and we again share the wedding banquet of the Lamb when we are all together as one body of Christ, not just the people in this room, but all over the world, the people who claim Jesus as Lord. And we know that as we're humbled by the story of the gospel, uh, we can share the same love that he had for us with the people around us. There's a part in Isaiah where the prophet speaks about the Sabbath and about fasting. And about how it isn't just for those 
religious acts sake that you do them, but it's for the sake of the poor and the hungry. And I think sometimes we forget that communion can be very prophetic in that sense too. Because even though we live in a world of division and hate and racism and party allegiances, the church is commissioned to speak against every evil and for unity and identity solely in Christ. For love of God and for love of neighbor, for joyful self-sacrifice on the behalf of on behalf of others. Because only when we do that are we actually going to look any different from the culture around us. So um, as we take this, I'm going to ask you guys to do something a little differently. I know we're not quite all the way down the rows, but as we um, receive our elements, I just want to take a minute and remember that this is a meal we're supposed to have in community. That the people next to you, no matter what their differences from you are, are part of your family in Christ. And so what I'd like you to do, um, we're going to read through the scripture, but I'd like you to take a minute and when we take, um, take the bread, we're going to go ahead and turn to the person next to us and repeat the words. I'll tell you which ones. And then we're going to turn to the ne person next to us and uh, tell them about the blood poured out for us. So in 1 Corinthians 11, it says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. So if you could turn to a person next to you and say, This is his body, broken for you. We can take, we can take the bread. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. So if you could turn to a person next to you and say, This is his blood poured out for you. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes back. And so communion, as we take these elements, let's also remember the joy involved in it, that we are waiting for his return when every tear is going to be wiped away from people's eyes, every wound is going to be healed, every injustice is going to be righted. And as his people, we have the opportunity to go from this place and share his love and compassion with the world around us. this time the guys are going to come forward with the offering and the tithe and I just want to always go back to the words of Jesus to seek first his kingdom and that's what we're doing if you've missed uh, uh, the all church meeting we're going to put it online on our website so that you can uh, hear what we talked about and where we're at in uh, in our projections of budget and of, of uh, our um, things that we want to accomplish and what's ahead uh, so you guys are going to catch that online uh, but we want to seek first God's kingdom and, and his righteousness. But what he wants us to do in our community and with the people right next to us, I want us to together join forces and accomplish that and the missions around the world that we want to accomplish. But uh, let's, let's pray for the offering. Heavenly Father, I just thank you so much, Lord God, that we get the opportunity to give, Lord God. 
And I pray what we release today, let it go to further discipleship. Let us fund the discipleship in our community and around the world for those who are addicted in recovery road on Fridays to those who are being discipled, Lord God. I pray, let it fund all these things, Lord, that we want to accomplish in Thornton and to the uttermost parts of the world, Lord. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to give you some uh, announcements. If you want to look in your programs, everyone have their programs. If not, I blame someone else, not me. No, I'm just kidding. But Urban Outreach is coming up. Please make sure that if you want to be a part of uh, feeding some of our homeless brothers and sisters on Thursday night, we're meeting at 530 downtown in Five Points. It's a beautiful way to serve and just give of yourselves. And sometimes it's not even serving food. Sometimes it's just sitting at a table and telling stories and hearing, just listening to someone. I think that's hard to come by sometimes, isn't it? So Urban Outreach, also Baptisms is coming up in September. Please sign up. Um, and uh, there's uh, all sorts of things going on, but I want you guys to take part in it. Don't just come to church. Be the church today. Amen? God bless you, and thank you for being here. God bless you guys.